Hey everybody, welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. And King Kong ain't got nothing on me. That's right. <laughs> Godzilla versus King Kong, welcome to the MonsterVerse. <laughs> Who you got? King Kong, baby. King Kong all day. I don't want no... Hey, give me Godzilla. You'll take Godzilla? Can't go wrong with a nuclear fire-breathing giant lizard monster. You know, I as I was watching this movie, I felt like his whole like fire breath maneuver was was pretty fucking cheap. You know, it's like what's uh, that? Well, I mean, because you got King Kong. You know, he's based on like a real animal. You know, he's he's a gorilla, just like gigantic. You know, and, yeah. and Godzilla. He's a he was he's a fire breathing laser shooting. He can breathe underwater. He can breathe above water. I mean, he's this total like, it's bullshit. Man. It was not a fair fight. <laughs> it's not a fair fight. That's all I'm gonna say. So yeah, that's my no, whole I mean, review. That's, that's definitely why like <laughs> I would sit there and say like in an actual fight between two giant monsters, like I'd be like, oh yeah, no, uh, freaking Godzilla all day long. But that's one of the things they had to do with Kong Skull Island was uh, they had to make him big enough that they could go on and, and do a movie where he plausibly fights, you know, Godzilla, who's, I don't know, like uh, 800 feet tall or something. All right. So how do you want to uh, break this thing down? Is it a good movie, bad movie? You, do you want to go first? Do you want to talk about the all the other movies in the series briefly? No, I think I think we we should talk about these movies and then we can kind of discuss those other movies. I think I'm a lot more familiar with them than you are. Um, you are. But uh, I'm interested in, in hearing your take on it first, because I think you liked it better than I did. Yes, I will go first. Thank you. Yes, I liked it very much. Uh, there was a lot of stuff to like about it. Uh, first of all, I'm going to declare this movie you know forget who won the fight this movie won the fight for what's the best movie to come out in like a year and a half time span this is definitely it you know it's not the best movie i've ever seen or anything weird like that but uh you know to see an actual like good movie come out i mean i was seriously contemplating after the fourth time i watched it to go to the movie theater and watch it for the fifth time and then oh, wow yeah and then I came to my senses and I was like, you know what? I'll just click play on the TV again. <laughs> you, you, you drank, you drank heavily. Like you emptied the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, first of all, I, I loved the, uh, I loved so much stuff about the movie. There was some stuff I, I seriously disliked, but it's like the stuff that I loved, I feel like overshadowed it. But what I loved about it first and foremost was how they tried to sell you King Kong as like the hero of the piece by kind of connecting you to his like humanity. You know, it's like he's a it's like he's humanoid. You know, he's human-ish. And so in that way we're kind of connected to King Kong. You know, he was definitely the hero of the piece. Um that opening bit where he's like he's laying on the side of a mountain, he looks like he passed out drunk and, and he wakes up and he's scratching his ass. Yeah. I was like yeah, I, the first time I saw it I was like, This is stupid, but by the fifth time I was like, you know what? That's actually genius. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where they deserve some credit is like going back to uh Kong Skull Island, they not only did they make him uh bigger, 
so that he would, you know, physically stand a chance in this fight. But they also uh, had him walk more upright, like uh, like a human, um, rather than you know the way that he's been portrayed in the past, where you know whenever he does, he didn't obviously look like a man in a gorilla suit. Like he definitely acted more like an ape would. Um, so that's that's one thing that they did. And in, then in this movie, they even gave him like a little human friend, a little orphan girl that he apparently had a bond and connection with. And so you're supposed to view this as like everybody's supposed to be on the side of King Kong in this movie. They're like they make him like what what they can do with a giant monster ape. They do do it to make him like uh, sympathetic and get you to root for him. And whenever you see that he's hurt and injured or, you know, in danger, you're supposed to have the, that sense of like, oh, no. And um, that's one of the things this movie did really well was conveying expression through these cgi characters these giant cgi characters and managing to scale that uh or bridge that scale and size between human characters who were supposed to care about i didn't and uh these giant cgi characters um and understand that there is a connection between them yeah, uh, so stuff I loved about the movie. I loved the little girl in the movie. I thought her acting was fantastic. I felt like her whole her whole vibe about she was a kiwi or whatever, a hiwi or a yiwi or whatever she was, and like the way that she dressed, the way that she was deaf and she did sign language, like it was inspired. You know, it was like the one truly inspired element of the whole movie and. You know, something that a movie that we just reviewed, you know, Justice League didn't have a single like inspired element. And, you know, King Kong didn't have a ton of, uh, of great inspired ideas, but that was definitely one of them. You know, that was something that that carries the movie through the first like 45, 50 minutes of the movie. Like just seeing that relationship, seeing that that little girl, her acting was so excellent. Uh, you know, her face is so emotive. You know, I don't know. That was perfect. Um, then, what else I like about the movie? I liked, uh, I generally speaking, I liked how they kind of got to the, the, the character that's going to bring you to Hollow Earth, that, that, uh, Alex, Alexander Skarsgård character. Uh, I liked how they kind of got you in and out of what his whole deal was pretty quickly without really dwelling on, you know, the fact that Hollow Earth is kind of a... You know, it's been done before, first of all, and second of all, it's kind of akin to, like, Flat Earth, you know, so they, they kind of played it like, I've got this crazy theory, you know, about this hollow Earth, you know, which is a, a really, really, really stupid idea, you know, <laughs> it's not... <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna run into that in a movie yeah. where you're you're supposed to take seriously uh giant monsters fighting each other in the middle of you know rather than like going to a pretty like uh, remote area with lots of room to move around mm -hmm. they they always seek out giant um populated cities with with tons of skyscrapers to knock over so yeah the the hollow earth thing um I don't I don't remember if the concept was introduced before um you know Godzilla King of the Monsters but it was introduced there way like, way before it wasn't as much of a plot element as it was in this movie but definitely they were just like oh yeah no this explains why you know these giant monsters can go off our radar and then reappear somewhere else without us knowing that they're there um and I don't I don't know if it's something that is like 
a trope in kaiju movies because i never really got into the whole toho series as an adult i watched a lot of the godzilla films as a kid but i can barely remember anything about them and i have not watched them in decades um and then i watched did you ever watch the pacific rim movies no pacific rim job yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, I, I watched the first one. The second one just looked incredibly stupid, so I didn't even bother. But in that, it's there's there's a very similar kind of um, element where the kaiju's are appearing from another dimension, going through this portal that's somewhere deep within the ocean. Um, so with that, I mean, you could very easily like just adjust the script and make that a hollow earth that they're coming out of. Yeah. Um, so like. The whole hollow earth concept, yeah, it was stupid to me, but I was like, I'm watching fucking giant monsters fight each other. Like, it's fine. Well, they introduced it way back in 2005 with Journey to the Center of the Earth. That was, that was a... But that's not part of the MonsterVerse. <laughs> oh, isn't it? It's not? Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. That isn't... Yeah. MonsterVerse started 2014 with the Gareth Edwards um, Godzilla. Oh, yeah. But okay. um, I thought they yeah, were all for, together. For me, like... I really, I did not give a shit about the human characters in this, um, you know, and for the most part, I, I like, I just had a hard time like paying attention to whatever, whatever their little plots were supposed to be. Um, by far the worst part of the movie, if you could completely cut it out of the movie and it would not change it is to take out, um, you know, uh, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown and, um, I wish I could remember his name, but Paperboy from uh, Atlanta, um, you know, like like that, and the and the fat little kid from Deadpool two and Hunt for the Wilder People, like you could cut them out entirely. That was a bunch of like nonsense, and it it feels almost like they needed a reason to bring Millie Bobby Brown back in this movie because she was in Godzilla King of the Monsters, um, and they also wanted to pad out the runtime a little bit more. And I'm just like, you know, if you're not if you're not going to like write some good dialogue or make something compelling for these characters like why even bother because you know why we're here you know what we want to see like just give us the action it's like trying to write it's it's like trying to write good scenes for porn movies it's like why why bother just just get the characters from clothes to you know getting at it that's all you need yeah, there was there was parts of the movie that had that kind of vibe to it, and I, I definitely felt like the whole plot line with the conspiracy theory podcast guy, as inspired as the deaf girl was, that was just as uninspired. It's like they it was like a perfect balance. <laughs> yeah, and and he and um, you know the the little kid from Hunt kid like his name up. It's not coming to me right now. No. Um, like they gave them just like some trash, like, you know, joke, like they're supposed to be the comic relief characters. And I get why you'd want to have comic relief characters in a movie like this, but like that all fell flat for me. That, that stuff did not work. And it just really like in a movie like this, it just feels like, okay, this is getting in the way of me seeing what I want to see. Like when you rewatched it, did you fast forward through any of those parts or did you every single time watch it beginning to end? Uh, I, uh, no, most of the time I only watched it until the point where it, the movie stops kind of being great after the whole like boat battle, in my opinion. Like that's the, 
that's the best fight in the whole movie when King Kong is on that that big uh, ship in the middle of the ocean and he's fighting yeah. Godzilla in the ocean. Like that's the best fight sequence, and it, everything is is worse and worse after that. That that part I watched five times up to that part, and then all the way yeah, to the that, ending twice. I think that 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 sequence was by far the best in the movie, and that was when I was the most interested in the movie because with that you really got a sense of like okay. If Godzilla comes through and like, you know, knocks out all of these ships, King Kong's dead. Like he can't swim. He's out in the middle of the ocean. Like he's totally screwed. And that's that's when you had the most sense of like uh, Kong was in danger up until the final fight in the movie. But uh, yeah, that that sequence was really good. And it also just made the human character seem like, okay, not only are we helpless, but we really don't have any sort of like contingency plan for like, what if shit goes wrong? And it did. And it was cool to see stuff like that. And like Godzilla just absolutely wrecking shit. Yeah. And also the first time that I watched the movie, I was really confused about like what Monarch is and what, uh, you know, Apex uh, yeah. Apex is. And so in my mind, just in order for me to keep enjoying the movie, I just sort of switched it over to like, this is like the U.S. military. Like this is some kind of U.S. military operation. You know, they, they're on a big boat. They've got planes. They got depth charges. You know, they got naval officers. You know, this must be some kind of U.S. Army thing. And it made sense when it was the Army. But then when they, when I realized, like, no, this is a private company that's like funding all this. I was like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can be rich, but you can't be like U.S. military rich. Like that's just impossible. No one person yeah. can be that rich. Yeah, like my understanding, like having seen some of the other movies, is that like um, they're they're sort of like Shield, um, but for giant monsters. Like if the Avengers were nothing but like giant hulks that were you know eight hundred feet tall and completely unstoppable. Uh, yeah, and I felt like the movie didn't get in its own way of me enjoying it too much, except for the the plotline with the podcast guy like they it really like actively kept me from enjoying the movie because of just how poorly conceived that whole concept was you know it was part yeah. it was part alex jones part jurassic park and it just was a bad mix of the of those two elements yeah, it had like it had like some tinge of like QAnon stuff to it and yeah like i don't know if if the casting choice um was was based on like well we can't have a white guy doing this because then like you know people are just going to think of him too much as being an alex jones type character so that's why they cast a black man in that role i don't know if that was the thinking behind it um but it sucks because like that actor i really enjoy watching him as paperboy on atlanta and every time I see him pop up in, in a movie, it seems like he's just kind of like, they're not really giving him anything except to play himself. And in this, it was like slightly different, but like, it was just bad writing. So it's just like, well, what is this actor really supposed to do with that? Um, what about, um, so what did, what did you think about the the Elon Musk type character with his own um, uh, Mecha Godzilla? that I, I guess he apparently like had built in secret. Uh, well, this is when I have to admit that I am a little bit of a fan of some of the like Godzilla versus movies, like from the sixties. I used to have this one called uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, which I would watch a lot. And in that one, uh, even though it was supposed to be about Megalon, there was like two other monsters. It was like a, a, a 
a, a foursome that they kind of got into. And I don't think Mecha Godzilla was in that one, but I remember seeing the Mecha Godzilla one also when I was a little kid. And when I saw the Mecha Godzilla, I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. I love that. And I loved the I loved it where one character was like, it's Robo Godzilla and then the little New Zealand kid was like, No, it's Mecha Godzilla. I was like yeah. I was like I was like, Yeah, it is Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> that rules. That was like <laughs> I, I'm just one of those people that like fan service stuff like that, like always gets an eye roll out of me. I loved um, it. But you know, I'm not I'm not the I'm not the target demographic of this uh of this movie. Like I'm not they're not trying to make this movie for me. They're they're making it not necessarily for you, but like people that are just into this kind of shit and like don't get bothered by the bad dialogue and you know the goofy stuff with the human characters um you know other things i'll praise on this movie kind of compared to the previous entries is that um you know they didn't do the thing of like having the monsters only show up like when it's raining and it's dark or it's snowing you know like they they made it like easy to actually see the monsters fighting and the other thing that they really did is um, they they would focus on the monsters fighting and there wasn't a whole lot of like cutting away from that action to like show the human characters doing completely pointless action on the ground. Um, if you watch uh, King of the Monsters, like, you know, they have some really cool creature designs in that, but it at times is very obscured by all the weather shit that they put in front of them. It's always dark whenever you see them. And then they would cut away like during the middle, like you have the big fight between Godzilla and Ghidorah and they cut away from that um, to focus on human characters on the ground. And it's just like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm only watching this to see these monsters fight each other. Like don't cut away to show like, um, the guy from early edition looking for the little girl from uh from stranger things like i don't give a shit like if you kill if one of the monsters stepped on both of them like right as they hugged i wouldn't care i would i, I mean i would care because i'd be like good now they're out of the movie now i don't have to focus on them anymore yeah i mean that was pretty grotesque like sequelitis like i, I could tell what they were going for with that and i do think that the setup of saying that you know, there's a Mecha Godzilla that's being created, and that is drawing Godzilla to come out and fight Mecha Godzilla. And then, you know, the way that they got King Kong wrapped up in it uh, was, you know, it was a little sideways, but it worked because that because that whole plot line was much more inspired. You know, just generally speaking. And so that I mean, King Kong saved this movie. Let me let me let me rephrase my whole take on this. King Kong saved this movie. Without King Kong. All you would have had is Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, conspiracy theory guy, and Stranger Things chick, and that would have been unfucking watchable. But King Kong <laughs> saved this movie. Yeah. Uh, but so anyway, but what they, you know, what they were doing was like bringing King Kong to Hollow Earth. That whole plot line was like totally solid, even though it had some major, major, major issues. Like it, it flowed well because uh, of. All the good actors that were in it. I loved Rebecca Hall in it. Loved the little girl actress. Uh, I even I liked how Alexander Skarsgård played his character. I liked how he he started him off with like a depression beard, and then he quickly transitioned him into like okay I'm clean cut again, and now I'm you know I'm able bodied and I'm like a you know I'm a meaningful helpful person. 
even though to me, like, let's say you've got a guy who wrote a book about a place that he's never been to. Why is he the one that's like qualified to drag everyone there on a ship? You know, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, yeah. it, you know, it would make more sense to say like, oh, he's kind of a ride along or, he, you know, he's going to be there to, you know, give his input on this or on that. Uh, but instead they had that that girl they had this like uh, hot chick girl that was supposed to be the daughter of the of the apex uh, a, no apex what was the name of that company it was apex something i want to say apex aviation but that's not right but apex uh something. i mean i could look it up but i don't give a shit enough of a shit about it to look it up right now i know it's just it's on the tip of my tongue it's driving me crazy it was like apex robotics or something like that uh, but, you know, she was yeah. there as kind of a ride along, and then she ended up, you know, spoiler, you know, she ended up getting killed in the movie. Should people be watching this that have not seen the movie? I don't know. Oh, I, I assume anybody that's going to be listening to this or watching us, uh, they've they've seen the movie. You know, like okay. if you're going to sit here and watch a, a review of a movie you haven't watched yet, and you're intending to watch it, and you don't like um, assume that there's going to be spoilers. You know that's that's honestly on you. Like at this point, like yeah, it's the the whole concept of re- reviewing is kind of weird to me because it's like, do you watch a review in order to figure out if you want to see something or not? Because for me, as a movie fan, I already know if I want to see it or if I don't want to see it before any review comes out. You know, I you know, and as a person who buys a lot of movies, I also know if I'm going to buy it or if I'm not going to buy it before I even see it. Usually, you know, sometimes yeah. there's a surprise. I mean, for me, like, you know, I didn't go to the theaters and watch any of the other MonsterVerse movies. And the only reason I watched this one, like, when it got released was because I already have HBO Max. Um, And, like, for me, um, I like the idea of having theatrical releases released on streaming services, um, you know, day and day, because that saves me a trip to the theaters and I realized like a movie like this or, you know, something like Justice League Snyder Cut, um, there's probably like an enhancement to watching that in movie theaters. Um, you know, I said this, uh, we, we didn't do a review on Tenet, but I believe I said this to you when we had a conversation about it, that um, I actually went to a drive-in movie theater to watch that. And I felt like it was a better experience watching it that way than just watching it at home on my television. Um, but, you know, for the most part, there's there's only like these big like action movies that I feel like would benefit from that. And I do feel like, you know, if you had gone and watched this in the theater, you probably would have enjoyed it more um, just because of the way that they can enhance the experience for you. But for me, like I I I wasn't going to watch this unless, you know, I got it on Blu-ray like months later or it came out on streaming or something. Um, you know, it's just it's not my thing. Yeah, and I can tell you, it's it's not my thing because it, it very well could be my thing. Because have you ever heard of a film called Shin Godzilla? No. So Shin Godzilla was uh, Toho, the Japanese um, studio. It was their return to the Godzilla franchise, and I watched that on a plane. And I I wish I had been able to watch it in a theater, but I really enjoyed that movie. And it's because of the way that it's the human characters are, you know, the focus of the film and Godzilla is an event that's happening to them. And it's the way that all of the action kind of carries on because it's, it's almost an absurdist kind of movie 
Because what's happening is you're having this giant monster show up and start destroying parts of Tokyo and putting people's lives in danger. And then you're showing, you know, this whole chain of command going through the Japanese government in trying to like respond, like determine how they're going to respond to the situation. And like the pacing of that and, and just the way everything happened, even though, you know, I'm watching it with subtitles, like that didn't dampen my enjoyment of the movie at all. And I was way more engaged with that movie than I've been engaged with any of the MonsterVerse movies. And it's because with that, like there was compelling reasons to give a shit about what was happening to the human characters. Whereas with these movies, you have that a little bit in Godzilla 2014, but for the most part, like the only movie that was trying to embrace the absurdity of giant monsters um, was Kong Skull Island. And even with that movie, there were definitely some moments to where like it just like it wasn't silly in the way that I would want it to be silly. You know, like you have like some glamour shots of like, you know, Brie Larson up on a cliffside and stuff like that. And I'm just like, look, like. I don't know why they bother with these like, you know, name actors. I mean, I do know why. And it's because they formulate like, oh, well, if we throw in, you know, like with Godzilla 2014, we have Brian Cranston in it. You know, he's somebody that's coming hot off of uh, Breaking Bad. People are going to come out to see the movie. And then he's barely in the movie. They kill him off, you know, before all of the action really starts. And so, um, you know, they, they keep throwing in these actors and it's just like, look, like you don't need Stranger Things, girl, because she's hot off of Stranger Things. Like, just get just get actors who are good for this and put them in ridiculous situations, but put the like focus the action on the monsters, focus the action on the destruction, the spectacle of all that. That's honest. People are there to see. Yeah, it's actually hilarious how they cast these things based on like whatever is popular at the time. I was thinking the oh, yeah. same thing about Brian Cranston, and I didn't realize that Millie Bobby Brown was in the last Godzilla movie too. Maybe she's in both the other Godzilla movies. Yeah, they they really pimped her out in the same way that they really pimped out uh, Brian Cranston. The difference being this time was that she actually was involved with the plot, and she was in the middle of the action at at the end of the movie. Whereas like Brian Cranston, like basically was like you know yeah, I'll, I'll come and do your movie, but I'm only going to be on set for three days and then I'm going to find something better to do and I don't want to be on screen with giant monsters. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's smart, but you probably shouldn't have done this movie. They probably shouldn't have cast you in this movie and just had an actor that you follow throughout, like somebody who's like, you know, I, I don't even want to try and rewrite the movies. Well, but, uh, I, I actually, but yeah, like, I, I do want to rewrite what would you think if like if it was a bit more kind of absurd with like the human characters because this whole thing of like trying to make it more like you know the the michael bay transformers and the avengers where it's just like you know there's a grounded realism of like having these militant organizations involved you know in working with or studying following you know these creatures as opposed to just having government organizations like you had in godzilla 2014 that are like yeah, no, these things are fucking destroying our cities and killing millions of people. We have to figure out a way to stop them. Uh, well, I definitely think, first and foremost, that it should have been a government thing and not a private organizational thing, for sure, whoever was building the Mecha Godzilla. Uh, but I think I think that they there were some huge missteps in the plot and the fact that they were trying to kind of combine these two really bizarre ideas together. Like, Like, first of all, 
uh, I don't think you really get this just watching the movie one time, but when you see it a couple times, the absurdity of this, what I'm going to tell you next, kind of really becomes very crystal clear, is that the whole beginning part of the movie, the first hour or so, is all about this impossible trek for King Kong to make it all the way somehow to Hollow Earth. You know, he fights through all these different things, and it's, it's trial after trial, and it's so hard, and they barely survive, they need special equipment, it's so hard, how do they do it? And then, as soon as they get there, Godzilla just blows a giant hole in Hong Kong, and then he just looks down this hole, and he's like, Aah! you know, <laughs> he just blows yeah, this giant was... hole, he's like, and then King Kong just looks up, and King Kong's like, Aah! and then, <laughs> it's like, how'd you get here, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it should have been both of them getting trying to get to hollow earth but not not like that you know that was that that was a a huge misstep in the plot that you know that was that was some studio exec was like why don't you just have godzilla blow a giant hole in the earth and then you're there i mean what about all the ocean and the lava and all the stuff between the top of the earth and the center of the earth like what about all that stuff no it's just a just blast a giant hole you know just look down see, a giant you're hole. You're thinking of you're thinking of Earth on the scale of the Earth we live in, which is about this big, and Earth of on, on uh, the scale of that movie, which is like maybe this big. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just a little pea. Like that's why the monsters are so big. Like everything else is miniature, and you know the monsters are just kind of more normal sized. It's just they're so much bigger than everything else. Yeah. But yeah, that like I, I remember like watching that and almost kind of like having my jaw drop because like I was like. Are they? Is he about to blast a hole all the way to to the hollow earth? And yeah. sure enough, that's exactly what he did. And and not only does his blast go all the way down there, but like his like roars and stuff, like they can hear it all the way down there. It's yeah. just like, all right, man. And it's honestly like I think doing more ridiculous shit like that, like like getting rid of like the other stuff and just focusing more on just having ridiculous shit in this ridiculous world where giant monsters exist and just tear shit up like give give us more of stuff like that like as ridiculous and stupid as it is it's like embrace the stupidity like i'm not watching this movie because i feel like it's going to teach me about you know the human experience i'm watching this movie because it's just basically like a really glossy version of a kid in a bathtub with action figures going i i completely disagree because that there's moments like that 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 not only say ruin the movie because the movie's still pretty good, but it's like you don't need to have something ridiculous like that happen. You know, you can you can have it to where they're both on a journey to Hollow Earth and they're gonna meet there and they're gonna have their big fight there at Hollow Earth and just set that up to where they're both on an adventure to Hollow Earth. You know, it's like it it, it was like Godzilla had his own movie. And then King Kong, it's like his side movie just sort of like joined forces with Godzilla's like main movie, and th- and the whole climax that I don't know there, there was some stuff at Hollow Earth and at the climax that really like really lost me and really kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I'll tell you what, it. I'll tell you what it was, um, you know King Kong gets to Hollow Earth first of all and he's like. You know, they're all trying to tell him, like, oh, your family's going to be down there. You know, you're going to love it. You know, 
forget Skull Island, you know. Welcome to Hollow Earth. You know, your family's going to be there. It's going to be great. You know, he goes there. His family's not there. You know, there's, there's a bunch of monsters there. And, then, you know, he rips one of the monsters' head off and drinks his blood. I was like, all right. <laughs> I can see why you would do that. <laughs> Hold on. I'm having technical difficulty here. Give me one second here. All right. Coming back online. In three, two, one. I don't know what's wrong over here. Okay, there we go. Okay, I'm back up. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, yeah, so he drinks this monster's blood or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but then when, when King Kong goes to, like, his king king castle, uh, you know, first of all, they, they ape that moment from Avengers where Thor gets his, like, new badass axe, and they just have King Kong just, like, find an axe. Like, no explanation of, like, how this thing was created or who made it or what it is and then and then they were like oh yeah you just put it in the ground and it charges like a cell phone i was like well, that's really stupid uh and then the fact that you know you just kind of like they acted like it was a puzzle like how's this dumb monkey ever going to figure out that this axe fits right into this hole that's this axe shaped hole you know it's like who who made all this stuff you know who who built this you know this, this dumbass monkey is not going to build a big castle I mean, you saw the bed that he made for himself on the side of that mountain. You know, he just fell asleep right on the side. And he just passed yeah. out. You know, and he wakes up, scratches his ass. He's not building anything. You know, this guy. Uh, and the other, the other big misstep that they made was with the technique that Kong is using versus the technique of fighting that Godzilla is using. Uh, they try to sell you this idea that King Kong, like, bows to no one and that he's, like... You know, he kind of hulks out more or less. It's like he just gets angrier and angrier and stronger and stronger. But what they should have done was had him rely on his superior intellect, you know, because he's like a primate and this other thing is a lizard. And like, you know, lizards famously have brains that are like about this big, you know, and yeah. King Kong has a brain that's like this big, you know, use that superior intellect to outsmart Godzilla, get him in some kind of trap, maybe use your whole like sign language thing that you spent so much time setting up in the climax. And that's that was the only thing where they kind of I was baffled by how there wasn't like a trap where he's like, "Okay, now, you know, spring the trap, you know." And I don't know, I don't know how they missed that, but yeah, you know. Well, it it's just because again, like it, it's a movie that is just it's all built around a, a pre-gone, uh, predetermined conclusion. You know, it's Godzilla and, and King Kong are going to fight. And, you know, neither one is going to kill the other because we need them to come back in sequels. You know, they're, they're going to end up having to, to fight another uh, common enemy. And that's going to unite them. And then, like, moving forward with the franchise, like, we can have them team up to battle other monsters, which I have zero interest in. Um, but I've got, I've got two points I want to make. Go ahead. And one point is, um, the whole journeying to hollow earth that almost seems like a pointless kind of subplot for this, because it seems like journeying to hollow earth would be setting up a battle between, um, Kong and Godzilla down there. That doesn't happen. Um, 
and uh you know they like the whole thing about blasting his way down to center earth but then not going down there just doing it just to get kong's attention like that's literally the writer of the movie being like oh my god i'm i'm 160 pages in and i've only got like 20 more to go how do i get you know kong from center earth which is taken up that journey's taken up most of the story to this point to where godzilla is in hong kong so we can have this cool looking neon fight battle and oh i know he'll just use his breath to blast down there and so like you know it's just kind of a cheap little shortcut and i feel like it really robbed the audience of the opportunity to see them come together in that unique environment we've we've got three well we've got two movies out of the four showing giant monsters tearing up human cities like we don't need to see that whole thing again. Um, like there's so many fucking movies where you can see a scene exactly like that happen. So give us something that we haven't seen before. You've got this whole thing where gravity's weird, like like you know, the ceiling and the floor, you can jump from one to the other. And it's like that would be an awesome environment to show these two fighting in. And then, you know, you can get them to a stalemate and throw in Mecha Godzilla, and then, you know there go back up to the surface whatever you want to do but yeah that was a big wasted opportunity where this could have been a better like more memorable movie for the other thing about it is totally um, agree i really got the sense that this movie was sort of ripping off the plot of uh batman v superman how so um specifically like batman and superman fight and they get to a point to where one is in a position to kill the other, but because of a sort of understanding that kind of happens between the two of them, the other decides to back off and let the the uh, the vulnerable one live. Then later, the two of them have to team up to fight against another force that they would not be able to defeat on their own. So in the way that, you know, Batman and Superman are fighting and then there's, you know, why did you say that name? Like there's this, you know, you have Godzilla roaring at Kong and Kong roaring right back. And for whatever reason, that convinces Godzilla to be like, nah, we cool. I ain't going to kill you, man. Um, and so he backs off and then the two of them have to come together and fight against Mecha Godzilla. And then just like the same way that they had to use the kryptonite spear, you know, uh, Kong's little magic uh you know, battle axe, that's what they needed to defeat uh, Mechagodzilla. Yeah, and I think another thing that they clearly missed was that uh, I think you needed some kind of plot line where the the bad guy, that the Spanish Apex Elon Musk guy, I think he should have possibly kidnapped that little girl and, like, used her to run the Mechagodzilla, something like that, you know, that, that gets Kong, like, involved. Uh, you know, I, I feel like they they created that great character. They created that great bond, and maybe they've just done it too many times in the King Kong movies, where King Kong is trying to save like, you know, the beautiful girl or the young girl or whatever. And maybe they felt like if we do that yet again, it's going to be old hat. And and maybe they're right, but you know, it just seemed like a missed opportunity. Like you had set that character up, you had set that bond up, and it and it really didn't. It didn't roll into, you know, the the climax of the movie, you know. So, yeah. So I think that was that was definitely a misstep. Well, you also had another repeat of like of a plot line, so I don't understand why they didn't use the little girl in that way. Um, but 
the whole thing of the human characters have to figure out a way to revive, um, you know, this this monster that is on the brink of death. Like that's a repeat from uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, where they accidentally almost kill Godzilla, and they're like, "Oh, we gotta, you know, blow up a nuclear bomb in order to revive him." And they, you know, do something very similar with this, where they're like, oh, we got to create this giant electrical charge to restart Kong's heart. <laughs> yeah, it's like none of us are doctors or know anything about this, but let's blow this ship up on his chest and see if that helps. Yeah, well, not only that, but like, you know, you got Kong who is intelligent enough to have some like sign language skills to be able to communicate that way. But somehow he understands that if he does the uh the lethal weapon you know shoulder popping trick he can get his dislocated shoulder back into the joint <laughs> know this yeah i i also felt it was, like it was absurd <laughs> i felt like the the fight that they had in the city like that was the worst of the fights and it could have been the best and that was definitely a missed opportunity you know i felt like the way that he wielded his axe was so kind of strange because he it's like he was using it as a shield, but at the same time, it's like he was charging at Godzilla. But it's like Godzilla is choosing to shoot right at that axe, which yes, know, it's like even as even as, as like I saw that and I was like, can he not aim? Like, <laughs> yeah, you just... know, it seems like in other movies he's got pretty decent aim, and like other monsters have to duck out of the way. But yeah. this, he's like intentionally like shooting the axe, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's not smart enough to know that, like, he's fucking himself up by doing that. Yeah, but at the same time, Kong wasn't, like, repositioning the axe as he was, like, jumping and moving. It's more like Godzilla was changing the aim of his laser as King Kong was jumping and moving. And, like, yeah. and like, that it just didn't quite track correctly. There, there was a couple times it, it, where they did that. It's one of those annoying things of this shot is in the movie specifically so it can be in the trailer, you know? Yeah, and they, they and, do a bad edit, too, where they, they show it from one angle and then they cut to a different angle, and you can tell that everything is totally different because, like, at one part, King Kong is holding the axe, like, closer to his face, and the other part, he's holding it, like, way over his head. And it's like, you know, because if you tried to connect those two movements together from one shot to the next, it wouldn't have tracked. Yeah. Uh, and there was another there was moment early on when he throws that tree, and it's like they... They've got the trajectory of how they want the tree to fly, and they just sort of make him, they just sort of make it happen, but it doesn't feel like he would have thrown it at that angle or, you know, he's, I don't believe that he's gonna, he's a, a spear chucking, like, Olympian level athlete. That's, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't buy that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think, I think with that, like, we can, we can throw that more kind of like in nitpick territory. Like, um, yeah, you it's, know. it's a nitpick. Like if you're if you're already like buying into the movie at that point, like you're not going to think about that as much as we have. Um, <laughs> one of the things that was suggested by somebody else, I don't remember if it was like on Double Toasted or what, but they're talking about, um, you know, one of the ways that they operate the Mecha Godzilla, and this kind of didn't make sense for me, um, but you know, none of this shit makes sense really. Is that they have to use um one of the one of the skulls from the the monster zero in order to pilot it almost almost like very similar to what they do in pacific rim with the the two pilot jockeys in that um and somehow that turns evil kills the guy who was controlling it 
and then you know turns Mechagodzilla bad. Um, but somebody else had suggested that what they should have done is they should have actually had the head preserved, like still living inside of this big giant jar. And then that's how the whole thing of it like turning turning evil. Um, but just that that whole sequence, I'm like, this is something so bizarre and like confusing that it almost seems like why didn't somebody try and come up with a better idea than what they have here? Yeah. Like, and also that that character, I, f- I forget his name, but the conspiracy theory podcast guy, it's like they he would switch randomly from saying like really crazy, insane things like I'm going to bathe myself in bleach to all of a sudden he would be like, oh, yeah, this is a supercomputer. It's a living supercomputer that does this and does that. And he knows all about all this stuff. And, you know, and, and then sometimes he would kind of come off as like a janitor or something. And then at other times he'd be like, oh, actually, I'm a I'm an engineer. You know, I'm a sub, but I'm a sub engineer. It's like I just yeah, I, I just have trouble buying that, you know, someone who has an engineering job is making a good living. is working at a place like Apex, you know, decides to like lock himself in this crazy bunker and do this crazy podcast you know, and then his whole theory that well, I, I think I think the thing was more either he became a conspiracy theorist um, because he was working for Apex or he was a conspiracy theorist who got a job at Apex as a cover in order to dive deeper into the organization. And I might be giving the movie a lot of credit with that explanation. Um, I just didn't give a shit enough about the character to really get into like the second he like started doing his conspiracy from just such a like hard to take a movie seriously that has a character like this uh, yeah and then another huge plot hole that really struck me when i watched it multiple times was that you know his whole like crazy theory is that the reason godzilla came up to this specific city and attacked this very specific place is because they have a giant uh mechanical godzilla in there and that didn't seem like a crazy theory as much as it seemed like the obvious truth, you know, and then when they asked Apex, like, what's going on in that facility? And it's like, well, we're going to take care of Godzilla once and for all. Don't, don't worry about that. We have a plan. And yeah. It's like, what what could your plan possibly be, you know, other than build a giant metal Godzilla? Like, I could tell you that you're doing that. You don't have to tell me. I'll tell you, you know, so... This is the idea that he, that it was some sort of crazy conspiracy theory. Like I found that to be a little bit obnoxious. Like it's obvious yeah. that that is what is happening. You know, I think that you know you should go to Monarch and be like, hey, this Godzilla guy didn't give us any grief for the past five years. Now he comes here. He specifically attacks your facility. What's going on there? You know, I, I think that's obvious. You know, so I think you could have you could have even had Monarch investigating Apex in like a more straightforward way. And that could have been like your gateway to having like a better plot because you know you don't need to make it like a conspiracy theory. I'm breaking in. I'm doing something shady. You could just go look. You know, you could be a government agency yeah. with the clearance to go look. You know, you could be legitimately curious. Why did this giant monster come and attack your facility? Let's have a look. How many sub levels did you say you have here? You know, and uh, go down to sub level thirty three. Check it out. You know. You know that that just would have made more sense to me. I, I felt yeah, like then how do you squeeze in two kids to go along with them? You know at that point. And you know usually I love kids in movies, and I did love the little girl, but those two kids. I mean I I want to like that New Zealish actor, 
And uh, I even, uh, <laughs> I just don't. But I, I even, I was watching the movie, uh, and I, I, I imagined a, a funnier thing happening than what really happened. Yeah, there's one scene where he's trying to like guess the password to get in or whatever. And I always hate scenes like that. But I thought it would have been funny if he was like, Try the password Koala Koala 3. I'm in! You know, and then <laughs> some other password comes up and he's like, uh, Okay, this time I'll try Koala Koala 4. It worked! I'm all the way in! I'm inside! I'm in the Mecha Godzilla! Yeah, that that would have been funnier to me than, than what happened. It's... Yeah. His whole character was utterly pointless, and like whatever relationship he was supposed to have with Millie Bobby Brown was utterly unclear, and you know whatever whatever like plot arc or character arc that the conspiracy theory guy was supposed to have was was very unclear to me. I, I think they tried the hardest with him because they set up that he had a, a ex wife that was dead, and he carries around a, a bottle of whiskey. Which is a really, really, really wise thing to do, you know. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and it didn't look like a gun, though. That was the part I didn't. I didn't understand why that kid kept saying that guns have this thing called a handle. Every gun I've ever seen has a handle, and this thing didn't have a handle. You know, it was what? in a case, but it didn't look like a gun. Keep going for a minute. I'll I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me uh, let me switch to my uh, my A camera here. Uh, all right, yeah. So um, I love the the little girl in the movie. I want to expound on that a little bit more. You know, I felt like that was the heart and soul of this movie, and I love it when a movie has like a great opening, you know, a great middle, and this movie really does that. You know, all the way up to the the part where King Kong is fighting in the ocean. There was some of that stuff that I that did bother me a little bit, especially upon rewatching it, like the fact that King Kong needs so much help from the this military installation. You know, he needs depth charges. He needs them to shoot rockets at Godzilla. You know, I mean, what did they think was going to happen when they're dragging King Kong across the ocean, and you've got this giant lizard that lives in the ocean? I mean, what did they think was going to happen? That's what I'm curious about. You know, and then later on they revealed like, oh yeah, I guess we could just fly him in a giant net. You didn't think of that before, like just fly him in a giant net as your A plan. You know, but I I, I loved the the setup for that fight. You know, King Kong's on a giant boat and he's fighting this lizard that's popping up. Like that's a great, you know, that's a great setup for a fight. So, you know, I I felt like they uh, they had they definitely had their ducks in a row with the with that fight. Uh, but like Manny said, I agree that they should have done one fight in the ocean. They should have done one fight in the Hollow Earth, and should have done one fight in the city. And each one should have been, you know, well staged. You know, three well staged fights. You know, as well staged as the ocean battle was, it was crazy how poorly staged the the final fight was in the city. You know, I want to see more point of view of like the people on the ground like looking up at the giant monster like i love that kind of that kind of vibe and i did yeah. i did try to go back and rewatch the godzilla king of the monsters movie i didn't get very far into it but i i saw that they did have more scenes like that and they but, did but they did this really annoying thing where um they would do a snap zoom and they did it like i want to say at least 3 times 
and it totally destroys the realism because if you're trying to get the human scale like looking up at this giant monster exploding out of a volcano like you know show it from like the way a person sitting on the ground looking at it would see that happen don't do the snap zoom because then that just you know that that ruins at least for me the immersion of it yeah so what's your like final uh, final say on this you know let's let's wrap this up what, what did you think about king kong versus godzilla i would say for me like um you know it, it wasn't a movie that i was going to be inclined to enjoy but if you already like the other MonsterVerse movies, you're going to enjoy this. Uh, they they managed to get right a lot of things that the other movies do wrong. Um, and if you're not annoyed by the human characters, like you're you're going to be into this. Um, it'll be a fun ride for you. And if if you can safely do so, like go see it in the theaters. Unless you got a really kick ass home setup. Okay, I felt like this is a good movie. It's worth seeing. I feel like you don't have to be into those other kinds of movies. You don't have to enjoy seeing monsters and, and that kind of stuff fighting. I feel like they're well-staged fights for the most part. You know, the plot moves along at, at such an interesting clip at some times that they, they do a really good job, especially in the whole Hollow Earth plot, of just sort of like dodging a lot of the big obvious questions that you would have and just kind of being like, oh, oh we're going to go over here. Oh, we're going to do this. And, you know, just kind of like, you know, just jumping some hoops, just kind of make you forget, like, wait, what is our plan? Wait, we're going to go to Hollow Earth? Like, you know, like the, yeah. like the guy who builds a ship that can go to Hollow Earth, like, what does he need the other guy for? Like, if he, you know, he's found Hollow Earth, he's built the ship, you know, it's like, oh, he needs to figure out that there's a certain passageway that's in only in Antarctica. It's like, well, Godzilla found another passageway, you know. Godzilla. I mean, like, he he needs the guy because he needs the guy because the plot calls for it. And that's all the explanation that you need. And when, when I saw that, I was just looking at it and I was just like, "You were serious about that? Like, that's the, the that's your real like." <laughs> Let me ask you this question: um, You know, since you're not a person who is already a big fan of these movies, mm -hmm. like, you didn't watch the other three before this one, right? Mm -mm. What was it that made you want to watch this? Just because it was there or like, were you genuinely looking forward to it? Good question. Um, so the way it happened for me personally was I had no idea that this movie was coming out. I had not heard of it. I didn't know it was coming out. I didn't know. I didn't even know it was a thing. And then uh, I was checking my YouTube and I noticed that I, I subscribed to a lot of different movie review podcasts. And I noticed that three different podcasts had put it up on the same day like day and date that it had came out and i was like oh my god i think that means that this is on hbo max and i turned on hbo max <laughs> and there it was there it is and i was like i can watch this like i can watch a new movie and and i just was excited to see a new movie you know the justice league didn't do it for me because that's like an old movie you know it's like a re-release yeah. it's like this is not a new movie I, I was excited to see wonder woman you know, I thought the trailer for that was good, and I, I checked that out day and date. And so this one, I checked it out. I mean, I was home. You know, I've got HBO Max. I'm all set up. You know, I can. I mean, it's cool to be able to just check out a brand new movie. That's really cool. You know, uh, you know. Speaking of new stuff, I don't want to segue or anything, but like I tried watching that uh, Winter Soldier TV show, and I found that to be totally uninspired and and horrible. And I, I could only get through about 20 minutes of the first episode, and I was like, this is not for me. 
you know, maybe maybe once it's all out and maybe I'll check it out again. But, you know, King Kong, I clicked on it. You know, I'm always down to watch the opening 10 or 20 minutes of any movie. I'm not above that. And I just loved it. I, 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 I was gripped by it. You know, I imagine you watching it, you know, you're probably on your phone or something. You're not paying any attention. You know, the little girl is deaf. So everything she, and you know, my girlfriend was the same way. She she was watching the movie for like 30 minutes and she was like, why doesn't that little girl ever talk? I was like, because you're not looking at the movie. You're not watching no, no, the to movie. My, to my credit, like I actually was paying attention in the first scene where she shows up. And like right away, I was just like, okay, she's deaf. And she did a thing that like, I, I don't know, like. I don't, I don't really know and interact with uh, that many deaf people, but she kind of did a thing where she was just like, and to me, that struck me as not something that a deaf person would do. Um, you know, it was like the little kids, like, come on, kind of face. Um, so like, at that point, I was just kind of like, oh God, but, but I'm, I'm one of those, like, I'm, I'm a fucking um, misanthrope and, you know, I get real annoyed with kids. Uh, so like when I'm watching a movie and they got, you know, little kids running around and stuff, I'm just like, Oh God, I don't want to like, there's very few movies that, that feature kids heavily um, in main roles that I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm on board with this. Well, let me just tell you that you are so dumb because that little girl is deaf. And so all that stuff she's doing is what deaf little girls would do. So, <laughs> is the actual actress deaf? Yes, she is. Okay. Well, um, you know, I was I was hesitant to, to say anything, but like that was just the impression that I had from it. And you know, that's what we're here to do: talk about our impressions of stuff. Yeah, and sometimes we're fucking wrong. That's right. All right, you guys. This has been uh, Sequelitis. Thank you so much for checking it out. We appreciate yeah. you, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Da da dun da da dun da 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 Bom 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 bom